Hi, a very good Friday to uh, everyone. Uh, today we are uh, very happy to have my good friend, uh, a mentor at Faye & Partners, as well as a owner of his own uh, financial consulting agency, uh, Elton Ho. Uh, Elton Ho has been uh, uh, with Faye & Partners for quite a while now. He has uh, done some mentoring for our youth. Uh, today, you know, we are uh, going to hear from Elton himself about his journey how he uh, transitioned from two very different industries as well as talking about uh, some of his accomplishments uh, his uh, advice for mentees as well as what the future of the industry could be like so uh, Elton thank you very much for joining us thank you thank you for having me hey, thank you <laughs> so in this episode of Faith and Partner Talk series uh, we are going to uh, have Elton introduce himself uh, tell us a bit about his background what he currently does and also, how did he get into this industry? So, Elton, please. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Elton. Um, many, many, many years ago, uh, I was um, actually an Air Force a regular, la, an Air Force officer. Uh, I signed, you know, back then in, in OCS, right? Simply because I wanted to have, um, I, I didn't want to burden my parents, right, with all the university fees and all those things. So, uh, I, I wanted to just take that liability and burden off them, right? And then I just signed up with, uh, with, with uh, uh, the Air Force as well because they are offering a scholarship, right? So because of that scholarship, my parents don't have to pay for the uni fee. Lah. And then after, you know, I, I, after finishing my uni uh, in NUS Business School, I specialized in finance, right? And then after that, uh, I had to serve my bond, right, to the government. So I continued there. And then after that, I came out and then I began to, you know, set up my own uh, financial agency together with my wife, a financial company, a consulting company, so to speak. So we do uh, everything that has to do with finance, right? All the way from financial planning, uh, real writing. We are certified real writer and also estate planner. Uh, we do investments as well. Right? We do uh, goals planning. We do um, uh, corporate insurance as well. Employees benefits, etc. Yeah. So uh, in the free time, I love to do MCing. That is really uh, one of my favorite hobbies to do, right? Um, I've been doing it for many, many years really, uh, since my probably my, my, my secondary school days. Uh. Yeah, but back then I wasn't so good, right? But I mean, uh, practice makes perfect. As time goes by, you know, if you are really, um, if you really spend time and effort in something that you really wish to do, then you will be successful with, with it. I always believe in that. I've told some like my friends before, um, anybody can learn how to fly. Right, everybody think that oh, flying is a dream. Oh, flying is so unreachable for us. I feel that anybody can fly, just given the, the correct attitude, you know, with the uh, correct amount of time and effort. Right, anybody can learn how to fly. Hey, you can you can also learn. Uh. Thank, you, thank you. Yes, I think we have a lot to learn from you, your experiences as well. So, I think one of the interesting points that you mentioned earlier is you used to do MC during your uh, secondary school days. Uh, what, what got yeah. you started into emceeing, you know? Uh, public speaking is something that is quite scary for most people. Mm. Um, I think that's a good point. Uh, you're right to say that because sometimes I do talk to the youngsters uh, public speaking as well. A lot of times they shun away from it. That's, that's probably one of the topics they don't want to talk about, right? Um, I think the more important part is to, to step out of your comfort zone, right? Because uh, by, by really speaking your mind, by really you know, expressing your thoughts, that's where you are hurt. And because you are hurt, uh, that's where the conversation can continue and start up as well, right? And when it comes to public speaking, that's something that nobody can avoid. Lah. Eventually, we're going to 
you know, start from public speaking as well. Uh, back in secondary school, I'm given, the cho- uh, given this uh, opportunity back in church, uh, in the church community, uh, where, you know, I have to MC events, small events, uh, right? Uh, I mean, truth be told, right? Until this day, uh, before I start an, uh, to MC an event, I will still feel the butterflies in my stomach. I will still feel uh, a bit of, you know, my hands trembling a little bit. But of course, I know how to control. That, that is the more important part. And again, practice makes perfect. Not that I'm perfect, but uh, I'm trying you know, to improve. Um, and I want to make sure that the next time it's going to be better than the previous. Yeah, that is what I think we all should uh, head towards as well. The micro changes along the way. You don't have to have a 50% or 100% change overnight. You just have to have that micro 0.1%. And over time, as it compounds, it's going to make a detrimental impact you know, in our lives. That is what, what, what I believe as well. Hmm, I think that's a very interesting insight. Uh, how you mentioned, you know, I think to our listeners as well, how you mentioned that it, it's all about control. You know, we, we always think that uh, public speaking is something that, you know, people who are extroverts or who are very confident, uh, they can do it very well. But I think end of the hmm. day, the reality or the truth of the matter is that uh, even the most confident or the most extroverted person still feels, you know, scared when they're doing public speaking. But it's about yes. how to control your fears, how to, you know, control... Uh, your confidence that allows you to be a good public speaker. So uh, what advice do you have for, you know, uh, let's say a university students currently who have difficulty doing public speaking? What are some ways they can practice or, you know, they improve? I feel that um, back then, uh, speaking from my experience, right, um, when I want to improve on my English, when I want to improve on my public speaking, a lot of times I try to force myself to watch news. Uh, English news or Mandarin news on the TV or on radio. So the more you hear about uh, hear them, uh, the better your enunciation would be and the better confidence it would be because practice, again, it will give you that confidence. Now, the reason why people fear public speaking is because um, probably they fear the judgment from people, right? They don't know what people are thinking about them and they are afraid of uh, making mistakes, you know, when they speak and then people laugh at them and then their, their confidence becomes, you know, uh, impacted in that sense. So, um, but really, I think the more important part is in our own private times, right? If we have the chance and if we really want to do our best in public speaking, that's where in our private space, we try to enunciate, we try to do like how we are doing in public uh, spaces. So we try to public speak in private space, get it? So that once you're out of this private space, in the public space, since you have done your public speaking in private space, you would have that, that kind of confidence you would have, you know, speaking to the public as you were, you know, speaking in a private space. Mm, yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, so really it's uh, about learning, learning from others and seeing how people can actually do it. And you having that focus and that effort to want to improve on your public speaking. And I can tell you public speaking, it's, um, it's quite addictive really. Yeah, especially when you, you, when you see that people are looking at you and really listening earnestly at you, uh, with you, uh, from you as well, and you feel that hey, your thoughts are being heard, and that's really very rewarding. So I really encourage people to just step out of that comfort zone and really start doing it, not publicly, but do it in private space, and you're good at it, it will be mirrored to the public space as well. Mm, exactly. You know, uh, I myself have seen the power of uh, good emceeing, how a good MC can actually transform the mood of an entire yes, you know, event. Absolutely. And I think that, that, that is my job, you know. I do freelance MCing, right? My most favorite MCing event, uh, event to MC uh, is DD, 
where I can actually make fun of the management. I can make fun of the CEO in front of everybody. But that's in the name of fun, right? And because of that, right, you have that, you need that power to, uh, uh, you know, go through a roller coaster ride of emotions and moods, of laughter, of, of humor, and of course, of seriousness, right? Because there are some serious parts in the events, for example, award uh, presentation ceremony and things like that. So that's where you have control. And that's why we, they call it MC, right? They call it MC because MC, MC don't take medical cert, right? They don't take MCs, right? But because they are master of ceremony, MC, they are master of ceremony. Literally, they control the timeline. So they are the to-go person uh, when it comes to event. And that is important. And, and Tay, you, you have rightly pointed out, right? You, you, you went to events that has very good, good MCs. But have you been, went to events that has not so good MCs and then they try to maybe have their friends to, to MC you know, their events or their weddings? And you feel that eh, it's quite normal. Uh. So that, that is really the, 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 the magical part of how uh, professional MCs, so to speak, can actually inject that fun and that magic into the event to make it memorable. I think that's more important. Totally, totally. And, and I also think that, uh, you know, whatever you just mentioned can apply a lot to, you know, uh, our young startup founders as well. Uh, firstly, yeah. how can they be confident when they are pitching their startup to investors? Uh, a lot of yes. times, uh, they are very fearful because they find that these yeah. investors uh, are very experienced, uh, have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. And it it yes. sort of holds them back, like, you know, having that confident tone. Yes. Uh, secondly, yes. I think uh, what you mentioned is that uh, MC also has to be very adaptable, meaning that uh, you have yes. to read, read the crowd and adapt your, yeah. your mannerisms uh, accordingly. And I think these are very important uh, things that you know, can even apply to uh, startup founders. Yes. I, I'm so excited that, that you are on this topic, really. Uh, it has really been in part of my bloodline as well when you talk about public speaking. Uh, and you're right to say, a lot of times when we try to you know, pitch our ideas to big bosses, to VCs, you know, to, to people who want to invest in our company, a lot of times you feel a bit afraid. Like. Just one pro tip that I, teach, that I you know, tell my uh, friends you know, when they, whenever they face this kind of issues or this kind of uh, inconfidence, right? Uh, always think of um, the people that you want to speak with, right? Just treat them as normal human beings. It, it just strip them down to just normal human beings whereby they are as human as we are, right? And they also need to eat. They also need to go to the toilet. They also need to you know, answer to the nature's call. And whatever that we are, we, are, we are doing, actually we are on a level playing field. So if you think of it this way, right? You're just conversing with a human being. Well, that's, maybe that's in terms of experience, yep. maybe in terms of experience-wise, the big bosses maybe have more experience than you are. But the reason why you're pitching to the boss and the boss is willing to listen you out, right? Is because he or she is interested in maybe investing in your company. And the reason why he or she is, you know, interested in talk to, to, to hear you out is because he or she also wants to hear things from you that he has not heard before, that he has not experienced before, to gain the knowledge, you know, that he, uh, he or she doesn't have, that you can provide as a, as a startup boss, as a startup company. Yeah, so every one of us, every day we are learning new things, right? Yeah, you know, even VCs, even bosses who want to invest in our companies, they are also learning every day. So if you are able to, you know, to be confident and to share what you're passionate about, the passionate, the, the passion, right, will be very contagious, right? And it will really cling on to the person that you're speaking to. Provided you put in the effort, you put in the correct, uh, you know, uh, enunciation, you know, the correct tone, and you, you, you portray in a way that you're confident, whatever, whatever questions that they ask, right, you can answer because you are the Zengke of the startup. You know Zengke, right? Zengke is like the banker, like, you know, when you, when you play card games, right? 
So you must be the zengke, you know, you must get hold and control of the whole situation as well. And don't be afraid if people ask difficult questions, right? You try your best to um, come up with some scenarios like you like you like you are like the VCs are you know asking yourself some questions, some difficult questions as well, so that you are prepared. If you you are not prepared, it's fine, right? Give yourself maybe that five seconds of silence to just think about how to answer. Sometimes when they ask questions, it's not really that they want to get an answer from you. They just want to see how confident you are and how well you know your stuff. Yeah, and by you knowing to answer, you may not know the correct answer. You can always get back after the whole interview or after the whole event. Right, that's okay as well. Just follow up accordingly. Nobody knows hundred percent of the thing in this world, right? Yeah, but but at least we try, right? Don't stumble upon your words, but at least we try. So I think that that is really um uh something that I want to you know um uh, say to all the startup uh, bosses. I would say, right, people who are you know passionate in this. I can tell you this journey is difficult, it's challenging, and there is a reason why not many people are in this uh, uh in this whole uh, industry altogether. Uh, people who are not afraid to take challenges. Uh, sorry, people who are afraid of being challenges, they prefer the mainstream jobs, right? And there's a reason why you are here today, um, you know, um, steering your own ship, you know, steering your own ship of startup and taking control of the cockpit, so to speak, you know, as you pilot the, the plane. So you, you take control of that and you have to portray that to people who want to invest or who are interested in your startup. And don't be afraid of that uh, steep curve of learning, I can tell you the curve is very, very steep and not many are ready to, to, to overcome the Mount Everest of startups, right? Yeah. But if you're willing, if you give yourself some time, pace yourself out, don't rush, eventually you get the job and I'm very sure about that. Very, very wonderful advice. I'm sure a lot of uh, startup founders uh, would, would uh, benefit a lot. Uh, firstly, mm. by you know, what you mentioned, not, not putting uh, investors or you know, other people on a pedestal. Uh, realizing that everybody, yeah. uh, you know, needs to sleep, needs to. <laughs> I think that puts everyone yeah. on equal ground, right? <laughs> yeah, in their private, I can tell you what the VCs are in their private time are. Uh, they are as simple as us, lah. Right? They also will fang pee one night. They also will, you know, you know, <laughs> get off some cares and all that. I'm trying to be as casual as possible because this video really casual chat with uh, with pay and also to all all our listeners. So really, if you think of that way, uh, um, it's not that bad after all. Yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Okay, so uh, uh, carrying on, uh, uh, maybe you can share with us what are some of your uh, proudest accomplishments in your entrepreneur journey, uh, as okay. well as uh, you know what are some pros and cons uh, of people looking to join uh, your industry. Right. So just now I I say halfway right. So um, um, after as a Air Force officer as a regular, I served for a couple of years, several years in. Right. I'm quite I'm quite impressed with uh, nowadays youngsters. Every two to three years, they jump they jump. They jump ship. They they change job. Yeah, that was that wasn't my mindset. At the point of time, I wanted to do something and I wanted to excel in it. And I just felt that uh, a couple of years cannot cannot uh, cannot achieve that goal that I have. That's why I stayed a bit longer than usual until I I, I put my foot down and say that hey, I wanted to set up my own business. I wanted to have um, my own career, a career that I can work more than twelve hours and I won't complain and I won't feel tired. Just like what pay is doing you know he's so passionate in his company and 
tell you, he doesn't rest. He works almost 24-7, just like a robot. But I always tell him not to work so hard, lah. not to work so long, <laughs> or rather. Try to delegate your, your, delegate your jobs accordingly. But really, because of that, uh, because you're fighting for your own a company, right? The success of your company uh, and the, the tendency for us to put in a lot of effort in is, is really very high. And, and that's why I wanted to do that. I don't want to be just a hired hand. I don't want to just be an employee. I want to make a difference in my own life. I want to be my, a captain of my own life, right? A captain of my own, my, of my own ship. Um, and so that as I work, I won't complain. As I work, uh, I'm able to benefit more people. And that is really the vision that I had. And that's the reason why I set up this uh, financial consulting company uh, together with my wife as well. And we have a team together where we help uh, we help our clients with all sorts of things, uh, right? Uh, be it insurance, be it investments, you know, be it um, uh, financial planning and all those things. And I always tell my clients, right? Uh, financial planning is not about buying products. I tell them, it's never about that. It's never about purchasing how many policies and you have and all that. But it's how each policies can help you to benefit you on the long run. That is more important. And, and financial planning is not about just buying policies. It's about life planning, a lifetime commitment to planning your finances to make sure that we future-proof your wealth, we future-proof your, your future finances in that sense. And, and that is what I, I'm really, really passionate about. Yeah. Mm, that's very good advice, actually. I, I see a lot of parallels with startup founders uh, because, you know, oftentimes in startup, we have to uh, plan uh, on two things. How do we develop our product, for example, uh, launch it to the yeah. public, as well as mm. our finances, uh, how much we should raise and how much time we should uh, put in between fundraising. So I think there's a lot of parallel in terms of being able to plan, yes. being able to uh, look at things in a very... Uh, a concise and clear manner. And I think uh, what you are doing is also uh, giving a lot of such advice uh, to your clients to help them see things uh, in a more clearer way. Uh, moving back as well, what are some pros and cons of people looking to join your industry? Um, what I are the challenges or difficulties? Probably I'll talk about challenges first, right? Um, good things everybody can say, right? But I, I, I want to tell people the real stuff that is ongoing, right? Um, I feel that people who want to join my industry or rather join my team uh, for that matter, uh, you need to be someone of a correct mindset and a correct attitude, an entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, you need to make sure that uh, you are self-driven, you're self-motivated, right? Nobody is going to, because if you join our, our, our team, you're just like an entrepreneur, you know, setting up your own business. Uh, and, and, and of course, the system has already been established. All you have to do is just meet clients and just expect, uh, you know, pitch to them, you know, what you have for them and how you can actually uh, help them in their life planning and help them future-proof their wealth. So um, you have to have um, perseverance, really. And you have to have that confidence as well. Uh, but no experiences are needed. I told you guys, right, I used to be an Air Force officer. There's no, um, you know, public speaking uh, 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 opportunities that I had, you know, back in the force. Not many of them, lah, right? Uh, so I, I had zero experiences, in the part. I just jumped in because I knew that I'm still young, firstly. Right? I, can, I can just explore first, right? And secondly, my degree is not fake, right? If anything falls in my startup, or my company were to fall through, it really, really, it, it is not successful and it fails, I still have my degree to back me up, right? Uh, and of course, that's where uh, I, I, I just felt that, you know, um, this is really a career for a lifelong career. I can even work past 60 plus years old and 70 plus years old happily, not for the sake of money, 
but for the sake of just being there with my clients. And that is a more important part. Uh. It has reached, uh, I would say, uh, altruistic kind of uh, view, not working for your own sake, not working for money, but working for other people's sake. I think that is more important. And this is what startups are about, right? I know startup, uh, 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 you know, they're the entrepreneurs, uh, beginning of the few years, they don't make a lot of money and it's all about clients, right? It's all about other people, how to benefit others. I can pick a pay, I can pick a pay cut, it's okay, but my employees cannot, right? My clients cannot. My clients uh, must be benefited well. So I think similarly, if you have that greed, if you have that entrepreneurial mindset, and if you want really want to make a difference to people's life, right, in a in a in a very um uh, highly impactful way, right, and this is really the industry that that I encourage people to at least explore, right, never say no to anything, right. Uh, that's where uh, you can actually uh, find out that you can also be successful in this career. Yeah. Mm, that's very good few points. Uh, also, I think. How, how it also relates to startups, for example, is uh, taking ownership. So even mm. working for your agency or being an agency owner yourself, uh, it's all about taking ownership of uh, you know, getting the sales, uh, making sure everything is done to the highest quality. Uh, you know, mm. that, that's the difference, I think, between being an entrepreneur and being an employee. You know, you're you are not just there yes. trying to six to do the bare minimum. You're actually yes. going above and beyond. I think that's the key. Yes. Exactly. So uh, you won't be complaining about the hours that you put in, you know. In fact, you'll be asking yourself, how come I don't have more hours than others than other people? How come I don't have 36 hours in one day instead of 24 hours? I'm sure that is what pay has in mind every day. Why I only have 24 hours? Or rather, why do we need to sleep? Because <laughs> I think pay doesn't sleep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think yeah. I, I want to bring a quote here. Uh, Amazon's uh, Jeff Bezos uh, mm. During one of the conference, he actually said they asked him how he had, uh, you know, how could he focus so much on his work, you know, even sometimes working on the weekend. And what he mentioned yeah. was very interesting. A lot of people talk about this thing called work-life balance, uh, almost mm. as if work and life is two completely separate things. But exactly. Fact of the matter is, it should instead be work-life harmony. How can you make yes. the two coexist and you enjoy your job yes. and your life so much that it doesn't feel like work anymore? Yes. Oh, I love that quote from Jeff. I love it. You're right to say that. Uh, but I would feel that it is not easy to, to reach work-life harmony. It is not easy. Because uh, more often than not, people are complaining about their jobs. Yeah, so, so they, they have to draw a clear line. Like, that's where balance is, right? Work and then life. But you're right to say that. Uh, if you really enjoy your work, it is not like... It, you don't work a single day of your life, right? They always say that. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. So... Uh... On the topic of mentorship, uh, you know, uh, Elton mm. has done uh, mentoring uh, for our mentee at Fame Partners. Uh, in fact, he has taught one of our ex-mentees about uh, public speaking. Uh, what advice do you have for mentees that are maybe a bit hesitant to look for mentors? And what uh, mm. potential benefits okay. could it be from having uh, a good men mentor? You know, uh, hey, I, I wish right, I could just turn back time uh, to my probably secondary school days uh, and start looking for a mentor. I feel that last time, Back in our time, I think pay both of us we are around the same age, one, uh, So still young, still in young. the past we don't have such uh, mentoring opportunities, right? Or rather, finding mentors, correct? We don't have that, you know. And nowadays, uh, there's so many mentors. They're so willing uh, to just step in front and say that, hey, look, you know, I have all the experiences, I have all the knowledge. Come and exploit me for lack of a better word, uh, right? <laughs> Come and just tap, ask me questions, and I, and 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 I can't wait to just share with you, you guys, so that you guys can also avoid the pitfalls that I fall into in the past. 
So how I wish back then in secondary school, I should have just started this thing, you know, and I, 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 how, how I wish, you know, this, this our team mentoring program, right, would have been so prevalent, you know, so popular. But unfortunately, I didn't have. And, and, and truth be told, I didn't have any uh, mentors all the way until I get into this. Uh, after Air Force, I would say. Uh, and because I wanted to have a, like I told you, right, my own company, uh, startup and all those things. And that's where I really just felt that, you know, I needed to have that uh, mentorship as well. And because, that I, because I have received benefits from that, because I have uh, received good uh, tips or rather good guidance, I just felt that I wanted to just contribute back to the, to, 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 uh, the startups as well, people who, you know, who really need that ex- advice and that could make a difference between the success or the failure in the startup. That advice, you never know, could have made that difference nah, uh, in that sense. Nah. So um, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm passionate about that. I, I really love to meet new people, uh, you know, talk to them about it. And, and uh, the energy is twofold, you see. It's interactive, right? The more I hear you know, how excited they are with their startups. Are. The more excited I am to share with them my experiences and it becomes a good cycle, right? A, a, a positive vibe cycle. And that really is very enriching. I can spend three hours, four hours talking to a mentee and we never knew that time has passed by so fast. You know? And that is, the, that is really uh, something that money cannot buy, right? And, and, and those uh, advice are really uh, good advice that, that I receive and, and something that I, wouldn't want, I, I also want to pass down as well. And also, do you know, they, they always say that uh, when you're mentoring someone, in fact, you are reinforcing your own knowledge. So in fact, you are becoming an yes. even better master. And I strongly yes. believe in this thing called reverse mentoring, whereby even if I am uh, doing mentorship for a mentee, I'm yes. also learning something from him. So yes. uh, to, to put yourself in a humble position and say and admit that I don't know everything. And as I'm sharing yes. my own knowledge, I'm also learning new knowledge from others. Yes. Pay your right. I learned a lot from my mentees as well, as much as I can contribute. In fact, uh, I, I felt that I, I learned a lot more. Yeah. And, and it's a win-win situation. Uh, it's a vice versa. It's a two-way street, right? Uh, he learned a lot from me from a senior kind of uh, 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 aspect. I learned from him from, uh, you know, like, for example, the lingos of the youngsters, right? Because he's, he's much younger than me, uh, me and my mentee. And I, I just felt that I, I learned a lot of uh, things that, and, and, and if I could, uh, I, 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 I wish I could, have his passion back, you know, when I was his age, yeah. sometimes, right? Uh, but you're right to say, lah, I think the exchange is very important and uh, maybe we have a lot more to learn from them. Yeah. Mm, and this is also what they call a learner's mindset. A learner's mindset mm. uh, put, puts the, the ego down and admits that uh, there is a lot of knowledge gaps and a learner's mindset allows an individual to uh, surpass himself or herself by absorbing more and more knowledge in areas that he's not good at because he's willing to learn. And I think that's a very yes. important trait uh, that yes. business owners, entrepreneurs should yes. have so that they yes. don't uh, you know, uh, miss the blind spots, so to speak. Yes. Uh, you're right to say that. Um, the moment, the minute, right, you stop learning, uh, you stop growing. Recently, I posted this on my social media and truly agree with this. Uh, so, really. Yeah. Mm, very good, Robert. <laughs> uh, yeah, it on, is, it is. On alignment with that, right, uh, Elton is also uh, in the niche area of doing some uh, financial consulting specifically for startups. So uh, maybe just one or two things that a startup founder uh, could potentially look at in order to, you know, uh, protect themselves. Uh, what are some, uh, you know, policies or things they could, uh, you know, look at and uh, potentially uh, sign up for? 
Okay, uh, that's a good question. Um, for startups, a lot of times they neglect the part where they need to care for their employees. So we have things like uh, employees' benefits. Uh, for example, if you need to have some uh, dental insurance or some medical insurance and all that, uh, that actually can help to benefit your, your company and your employees. Uh, I feel that a lot of times uh, startups would neglect that because maybe because of cost, right? But it's not that expensive. It's not as expensive as they thought in that sense. Um, and, and in a way, you are actually trading for something that is much more valuable. You're, 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 you're actually you know, um, getting their loyalty, because if they know that they have very good medical packages, they have very good medical coverage and insurance uh, in your startup, the chances of them staying is much higher. You don't want a, a high turnover rate, right? Because the high turnover rate, it just means that you have to spend more time training of your guys, right? You don't like that. So, it, uh, so if you do that, then they'll be loyal to you. And if they're loyal to you, uh, that's, where, um, uh, that's where you are able to they are able to make an, a, a better impact, a positive impact in your, in your, in your company as well. Lah. So, scanning, probably people can, if they have offices, office, lah, uh, they can you know, get themselves some uh, office insurance as well, uh, fire insurance and all those things. Um, we do professional indemnity insurance. For example, uh, if you are in a professional line and if you, you know, make some, uh, I don't know, some uh, mistakes in your, in your career, in your advising and all those things, uh, those insurance can actually protect uh, uh, your indemnity, your professional indemnity as well. Uh, and really, if you have questions at all, just talk to me about it. Uh, money is not an issue per se. Uh, it is not as expensive as you thought it is. Uh, the ROI is definitely much higher the fact that you can keep your uh, employees with you, you can keep your staff with you, I think that is better in that sense. Uh, because the startup world, there's a lot of startups out there, right? So you don't want to just use salary or income to let your people stay. You want to have intangible or, in, or, or and, and intrinsic value such as medical coverage and all those things. To just make sure that your, your, your staff stay with you and gives you that loyalty at, at the same time. Yeah, so I think that that, that is something that uh, startups uh, should look at and to, uh, should look into as well. But of course, there's too many details to go through. Uh, if, if people who are interested, please uh, connect with me. Feel uh, pay. I'm more than happy to give you this uh, free advice as well. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Elton. You know, this uh, area is something that a lot of startups uh, don't really think about or look at. I, I think your keyword there is peace of mind. Uh, as startup founders, uh, we already have a lot on our plate, right? We are always juggling our funds, uh, product development, uh, and most importantly, even things yeah. like turnover, which is really high. And we want yes, to keep our best yes. employees, not only through you know stock options, but also through yes. intangible things like you said, right? Giving them a yes. peace of mind to focus on a task at hand. All right. So, uh, you mm. know, uh, you sort of straddle between the world of startups and financial consulting. So uh, if we have any startup founders uh, that want to look into these areas, uh, you know, uh, Elton will definitely be the one uh, to, to speak with. Uh, to look at things uh, and you know uh, see what could potentially be done for improvement. Uh, actually, moving on, I think uh, we can talk a bit about how you know COVID has disrupted uh, your industry. Uh, you know, what are some changes or what are some new ways that you know you have been using to work, and how has it affected uh, you know your results or outcome? Okay, um, if you ask me, right, um, I really love Zoom meetings with my clients. Simply because I feel that time is more efficient. Uh, the productivity is more efficient. Uh, in fact, during this period of time, uh, we had more people asking for financial planning than ever before. Uh, our businesses uh, are actually better, a lot better. Uh, contrary to popular belief, right? 
I'm sure COVID-19 has impacted many, many industries out there, uh, but not every. For example, the medical line is still booming, right? Uh, the glove maker, the masks maker, they are also booming, right? So there are also industries, uh, for, for example, startups that maybe focuses on virtual traveling. Uh, maybe those uh, industries can also uh, thrive as well in this period of time. I think uh, the more important part is to just adapt to changes, right? Have the flexibility to adapt to changes. Because if you don't adapt, if you don't have flexibility to do that, that's where you're, 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 you're being, uh, I would say, being, uh, you know, counted as redundant in this industry, right? So for us, um, I, I feel that virtual meetups are good, just that it lacks that kind of heart-to-heart and, 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 you know, a face-to-face kind of interaction, uh, which some of my clients still insist in meeting face-to-face, which I oblige as well. Uh, but more often than not, during that period of time of lockdown, right, really 100% was via the virtual, uh, uh, in this, uh, virtual uh, meetups as well, which is good because um, it is safe, right, which is more important. Secondly, people can spend more time with their family at home. Similarly for me, I was a uh, 16-month-old uh, baby boy, so that's where, you know, after every uh, appointment that I have with my clients via Zoom, right, I'm just able to just hug my baby, you know, and then just uh, play with him, you know, before the next uh, meeting. I, I really love uh, this as well. Mm. So can you imagine this happened 20 years ago? Yeah, it would probably be very different, no... right? Before all these technology. Yeah, would... correct. And then people would just be watching TV all, all the way, right? No virtual teleconferences and all that. And if you ask me, um. This COVID-19 is a catalyst to a lot of uh, good changes, good enhancement, and a lot of uh, mindset tweaking. People mm-hmm. in the past say that, oh, you cannot work from home, right? Hey, but guess what? Actually, people can, right? So exactly, yeah, exactly. these are the few. Sometimes in life, we need this kind of catalyst. We need this kind of systemic shock, right? To the whole mindset for us to really change and tweak accordingly and to adapt to changes. Lah. And that is important. Uh, so um, really... This industry, it's uh, I mean, my industry is um, uh, rather for startups or my industry, uh, it's an industry where we are very resilient, be it recession proof or pandemic proof as well. Because during this period of time, people are more concerned about their own planning, their own coverage as well. Yeah, mm, even as startup founders, I think uh, it's always about opportunities. There's always two sides yeah. of a coin. We yes. can look at disruption as something that is destructive, meaning that we fear mm. or we uh, yes. hold us back. Or we can look at yes. disruption as a opportunity for innovation. Uh, yeah. By looking at the uh, positive side of things, we are able to actually create changes even through adversity. Mm. And I think that is a very, very important trait that any uh, innovator, any entrepreneur should possess in their bones. Yes. Exactly. And uh, change is the only constant. I always remind myself that yeah. as much as we don't like changes, right? Uh, it's not that. It, whether you like it or not, it's going to come. Yeah. So whether, whether you want to you know, go according to the change, then that is really up to you. To survive, that is the only way to, to be as well. Yeah. So uh, there's one quote I want to bring up. Accept what you can't change and change what you can't accept. Wow, I love that. <laughs> I, I should post on social today. <laughs> you should, you should. So, I, okay, I, I on, love that. on the topic of the future uh, of disruption, you know, yes. uh, recently we have seen the rise of uh, cryptocurrency on the back of blockchain technology. Mm. So for the listeners that don't know what is blockchain, uh, basically it's a decentralized network that enables transactions to be recorded on a ledger that is not controlled by a single body, whether governmental or organizational. Mm. And it has transformed the way we own digital assets as well. 
Uh, we have seen NFTs mm. emerging that allows us to own digital objects. Uh, so do, do you see a potential trend that this could be part of asset class uh, when you advise your clients in the future? Um, I think because NFTs are quite new uh, to the modern world, right? With this society, I, I, I feel that, like I told you, we must be flexibility to changes and whenever changes come out, we shouldn't shun from it. In fact, we should embrace it and, and work towards our own favour, right? Our favour and favour of our clients. So, uh, of course, we have to monitor. Of course, we have to uh, observe as well and to see whether, you know, it will make a good impact or positive impact for our clients. And if it does, then definitely that is something that we will recommend as well. Yeah. Hmm. So because we have to stay, we have to stay, we have to stay abreast with the IT uh, advancement, right? With all this, uh, you know, cryptocurrency, with you know NFTs, etc. So if it's you know for the better of people, then why not? Right? For the for the improvement of mankind, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of exciting developments is going to happen in the next decade. Uh, you know, we have uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos going head to head in the space race uh, to get humanity uh, to become an interstellar yes. species. Uh, you know, we yes. have seen blockchain almost transforming the entire financial industry. Of course, there are some hiccups, including things like uh, legislation and compliance. Uh, mm. But I believe that over the next decade, you know, such issues will be uh, resolved and sorted out. Mm. And I think there's a lot for mm. us to be excited about. We are moving from a uh, nine to six work for life economy into a gig economy and an economy where every person uh, holds their destiny in their own hands. So mm. it is really yes. exciting times ahead. And uh, you know, it's been a fantastic pleasure uh, to have you, Elton, uh, sharing with us about your experiences and background. I think our listeners would learn a lot from this uh, conversation. Uh, would they have any last things to say to, you know, our founders out there? I would say keep hustling, really. Um, but don't neglect your personal well-being. Um, spend time with your family because that's something that money cannot buy. Uh, experiences and memories with your family. That's really something that you can buy. Um, and as much as possible, fight hard while you're young. And even if you're just, you know, joining the startup world, uh, midpoint, you know, in your whole uh, life, fret not, right? There are things to learn with the enough, uh, with the correct mindset and with the enough, uh, with enough effort put in, right? And with the correct time that you put in, uh, definitely anyone can be successful with anything that they put their hearts into. That is something that I always believe Great advice from an entrepreneur and hustler himself. Thank you so much, Elton, for your time <laughs> yeah. spent with us. Thank you. Thank you, Pei.